Welcome to a Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K Fings. We're back, man. Episode 219. Yes, sir. Let's get right into it. I'd like to start this off with some unfortunate news for those who may have known him. Uh, actor Ray Liotta, best known for his role in Goodfellas, passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, man, it, it's unfortunate. He definitely was one of my favorite actors. I think what's what's dope about Ray Liotta is in movies where he's especially Goodfellas, where he'd be pissed off or yelling or mad. He looked really convincing because he had these like deep green eyes. Mm-hmm. So he looked pissed off and like psychotic in moments. Mm-hmm. And there was a scene in Goodfellas where um, his girlfriend's neighbor had like assaulted her, pushed her or whatever, and he beat the fucking shit out of him with a pistol. Mm-hmm. And it just was probably one of the more rememberable scenes in that film. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man. Shout out to Ray Liotta, man, and everyone who loved to him. him. Man, that's that, so it's so weird. Like, yeah, it it seemed like one of those fake, um, you know, like they try to kill Ice Cube a million times. Right, like, you know, like it'd be trending where certain people die. Um, it, it seemed that that like it just seemed unreal. He's he's pretty young too. So sixty seven. Um, yeah, rest in peace to to Ray Liotta. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um. It just, I think for me, it, it just shows you, like, you know you're getting older with some of your favorite, you know, child stars and, you know, m- musicians and actors start passing away, man. Mm-hmm. Like, Betty White, that shit, that shit hit different. And fucking mm-hmm. Ray Liotta and all these, and I'm sure for a lot of people, uh, Vicente Fernandez, just these monumental people started to pass away. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's life, man. We're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised the next thirty minutes. You know, that's not promised that's, the next breath. You're not the next breath. You know, especially if you got sleep apnea. That shit is something else. We talked about that too. Mm-hmm. But I'm not saying he has sleep apnea, but mm-hmm. just in general. But yeah, rest in peace to Ray Liotta. And switching gears, um, Juneteenth ice cream. Recently, Walmart launched some Juneteenth ice cream. I guess to recognize uh the the new uh well yeah it's a new holiday mm-hmm. as of recent i can't remember the specific day but june 19th what do you mean juneteenth because juneteenth is just considered it's considered like a legitimate like yeah we celebrate on june 19th yeah mm-hmm. but i guess joe biden recently made it oh last year last yeah, year that's what i'm getting at mm-hmm. all right walmart apologizes for selling juneteenth ice cream uh, Walmart's attempt to commemorate Juneteenth with a new ice cream didn't go over so well. The company is apologizing for selling Celebration Edition Juneteenth ice cream. Under its great value label, the branding sparked a backlash with many people on social media. It says, in quote, share, the celebrate, share and celebrate African-American culture, emancipation and, and enduring hope, the label on the red velvet flavored ice cream read. Um <laughs> So black red people velvet, apparently black, black people like red velvet ice yeah, cream. Where do y'all cake. get that from? Don't know. Um, Juneteenth holiday marks the celebration of freedom and independence. A Walmart spokesperson said in a statement. However, we received feedback that a few items caused concern for some of our customers, and we sincerely apologize. We are reviewing our assortment and will remove items as appropriate. Appropriate. Our uh, other Juneteenth items. Uh, other Juneteenth themed items that appear to be on sale include party plates, <laughs> according to a tweet. One critic on Twitter said the ice cream highlighted why it's important to have diverse voices at the table when making 
uh, strategic business decisions. He's 100% right. Mm -hmm. When you don't, you end up making costly, foolish mistakes, the tweet said. That's true. Uh, and I'll read this other little part here. Others on Twitter encouraging shoppers to buy black-owned, creamalicious ice cream from Target. CNN affiliate um, Riley, North Carolina, found the Juneteenth ice cream at a local store. However, when a reporter tried to buy it, it was unavailable for purchase. A store employee told the channel that they are throwing the ice cream out. <laughs> I do is trying to buy the uh Yeah, they throw <laughs> the Juneteenth ice cream. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Juneteenth on June nineteenth is now a federal holiday after President Joe Biden signed a bill last year. It's the oldest US celebration of the end of slavery, marking the day in eighteen sixty five when Union soldiers arrived at Galveston, Texas, and informed residents that civil war was over and slavery abolished uh, and slavery abolished. African Americans and others long marched the anniversary, much like Fourth of July, with party picnics and gatherings of family and friends. Nobody really celebrated uh, Juneteenth. And here's the thing: uh, Nah, Dollar Tree got in on the action too. They did Dollar yeah, Tree. Look at this. What the fuck is that, man? <laughs> Let me see that shit. Dollar Tree. Oh fuck! It went to another page. Just, oh, here it is. No. Okay, Dollar Tree hosting a Juneteenth event this year. Check out our new Juneteenth party supplies, tableware, and more for a celebration to remember. Wow. It's got some Afrocentric plates. It's got a black power African fist. <laughs> wow. Here's the reason why I don't like the, the monetization of this holiday. I don't like the monetization of this holiday because people don't understand the historical context of Juneteenth. Juneteenth is basically when black people finally found out we weren't getting that we weren't slaves, but we had been we basically had been free for two years, right? Yeah, I think so. We had been free for two years, but the motherfuckers didn't tell us we was free till 1865. Mm -hmm. So it's basically we we're we're the biggest issue I have ultimately too is we were not properly educated in school. So we don't have the history. We're celebrating a holiday, but we don't know enough. It's 400 fucking free years of free labor. And now they've it's dumbed down to selling red velvet ice cream at Walmart. Mm -hmm. and it's not even the real brand. They use great value, man. Yeah, that's the wildest thing. That's I didn't wild, even know that yo. they were like, like making the, the great value. That's fucked yeah, up. Yeah, that's wild. And it was like a, because you know, great value is usually basic stuff. Yeah. Like basic bread, basic, you know, ice cream, basic right. whatever milk, whatever the case may be. Um, but this is like the only thing they put some like a, some pizzazz on. It's That's, red velvet. It's a red yeah. velvet like cheesecake swirl or something. Yeah. Like that. Like, what does that have to do with Black great great people? value? Said we gonna we gonna we're gonna throw a lot of money at this. We're gonna make a real design on the front, and then we gonna have to we gonna get canceled anyways because we didn't consult with any Black people to see if yeah. this was this is something good to do. They don't put no effort into no design. Nah, it's not just, at all. The, even the logo, the Great Value logo is just basic. It's super basic. It just yeah. says Great Value in basic lettering. Yeah. That's you it. Put some colors on the Juneteenth uh, ice cream. Thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't put a black guy with the afro on the fucking front. Yeah. That's I'm nuts. talking all this, but I ain't going front. I probably would have tried it. Yeah, I would have tried it. <laughs> I would have tried also. it. I would have tried it. And if it would taste it good, I'd be like, hey, you know what? Great value. You blew it, but this tastes great. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. Like you got if something is fire, you just gotta you gotta yeah. check it up. 
I'd have been like, okay, Juneteenth, all right, this is something to celebrate here. Yeah, racism tastes good. Yeah. <laughs> some people, are, some people's uh, like, I guess their viewpoint is like, why are you complaining about ice cream? It's ice cream, bro. Mm. Black people want to complain about everything, and it's like, okay, let me be very clear when I say this: we don't have a Happy Holocaust Day. Mm-hmm. Everybody's celebrating the Holocaust. Nobody celebrates the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. There isn't some great value Holocaust. Um, um, blue cheese flavored ice cream. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that that, but not really because like most holidays, even like um, we have the uh, Independence Days, which I would relate to like yeah slavery ending being like the independence of African Americans, I guess. Um, but we celebrate the Fourth of July. We celebrate. I don't. I don't know if Cinco de Mayo was some sort of Independence Day. No, that it's not. Be. I think they have Independence Day in like August or yeah, something like that. Day, yeah, yeah. Mexican Independence Day. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are like, I guess if you would relate those to Juneteenth, I think those are those are similar. I, mm-hmm. I just think that the, the real issue is, is like me personally, and I don't have like family, like a family, but if I have uh, like kids that I want to be um, well-versed in like African-American history, mm-hmm. um, I'm definitely not, well, I'm not even going to say African-American history. If I want my kids to be well-versed in history, then I got to take it upon myself. Because what it looks like for, if uh, if we leave it up to society to teach our kids about any holiday, then Christmas is going to be like a gift exchange. Easter is going to be something where you do Easter egg hunts. Um, The 4th of July is going to be for fireworks. Like, you know, we're removing we're always as a society going to remove the like the real root of what we're what we're celebrating. We know that the 4th of July is, you know, when America kind of like removed itself from Great Britain. And we know that, you know, in terms of religious uh, or religion that, you know, we celebrate Jesus's birthday on Christmas and, you know, Easter is, you know, the uh, you know, when Jesus rose again. So. But society like removes it and kind of makes it like palatable for like like a, in a in a secular way. So I, I I get it like the 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 kind of backlash that Walmart is getting. But this is this is just what we do to every holiday. It's not even to me. It's not even like shocking. But you know, yeah. it's just it's just is what it, it is. It's America monetizing everything, even if it's pain. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the here's the the issue I have with it more or less is I just feel like. There are certain holidays like Martin Luther King's Day. We don't have anything we do specifically on that day. We it's more or less a day of like reflection, and I feel like that's more or less what Juneteenth should be, um, because like it's it's dealing with a dark topic that we didn't learn enough about as a country. No one really knows uh, the intricate details of slavery and selling people, right? So due to history being being written by the winners, we have a very diluted. American history story. Mm-hmm. It's almost like fucking Bambi or uh <laughs> or a Disney movie. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Oh, the slaves are free now. Okay, cool. And then Martin Luther came Martin Luther King came down on a unicorn and mm-hmm. um and that's why we have um Juneteenth. Like mm-hmm. we don't have enough real examples that we've learned throughout American history that even explain what the fuck Juneteenth is. Mm-hmm. But yet we will put an ice cream out. Yeah. Like the same country will put out an ice cream for a topic that they did not cover in school history. <laughs> so that's that's that to me is the only issue ultimately. Yeah. I, it's not it's not a, nothing to cry home and bicker about ultimately, 
but it's like, come on, yo. Like it's kind of like like in America, what we do is we will uh, and we will appropriate things that don't even belong to us. Like the Mexican pizza, there is absolutely nothing fucking Mexican about it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely nothing Mexican about the Mexican pizza. Mm-hmm. And 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 it's not to to. It's just something to think about. It's not something more or less to cry or say this is the problem. We need to stop. But we tend in America, we tend to appropriate things and and monetize them. I don't know one Mexican getting paid off that Mexican pizza. Yeah, I don't that's know how one. it works. I was I was on the Target website and they have like the Pride Month uh, different shirts and plates and all these different things. Yeah, I'm like I I doubt that they're doing anything. Like, no, they're not help. doing nothing for LGBT, yeah. but getting money off them. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and then they they do that especially in Target. They have like a lot of Black History Month stuff. Yeah, you know, right when you walk in, it's like a whole section of Black History. Can Month you imagine shit. having LGBT plates ten years ago in a store? It would be a fucking. It'd be a. They'd be outside holding signs. Keep this out of our stores. Yeah. Keep this out of our stores. I like my plate straight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like dicks on my plate. No dicks. <laughs> no dicks. <laughs> Uh, I like my plates like my hair straight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think what it is is um, what's happening. It, it's it's almost like big business acts almost like the NFL. Before Colin Kaepernick was taking a knee and shit, the NFL did not have in racism in the in the end zone. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. They, they have like little slogans now: end racism. It takes all of us. It's on the like back. the most meaningless statements. Yeah, the most meaningless statements, but they want to act like they're very uh, progressive mm-hmm. because it's like they literally are. They're monetizing wokeness, basically. Yeah. You're just monetizing wokeness. That's all you're doing. You're not doing anything progressive or great. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I, I know it's probably some white guy named Dan like, ooh, I know what we should do. Come up with a Juneteenth ice cream. Blacks love red velvet cake. Yeah. It's like, have you ever, have you consulted with any black people about this shit? Ooh, the niggas love Nutella. Let's make a Juneteenth. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, then a slogan will be like, this ice cream is going to slap harder than a whip back in in 1862. You'd be like, oh, Lord. Uh, That's wild. (laughs) This ice cream is massa approved. (laughs) Yo, it's, it's, I just, I just think that we don't. We don't know enough about our history, American history. We, we, what, like people will say, I know all about American history and how we fought and our forefathers. No, I'm talking about like not just that shit. I'm talking about the people who started America, mm-hmm. the people we don't talk enough about, mm-hmm. right? We don't know enough about those things, yet we literally coming out with ice creams, man. That's nuts. You, like a lot of people don't realize the fact that like people like me and Keith, like regular black folks, we don't even have real names. Mm-hmm. We don't have real names. Like our names are from literally from slave masters. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I don't know if anybody has seen the movie Roots, but the main character in the movie was Kunta Kinte. He mm-hmm. was getting whipped with a whip. Yeah. And his the, the 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 master that was whooping his ass was like, "What's your name, boy?" He said, "Kunta Kinte." Your name is Toby. (laughs) Your name is Toby, boy. It's Toby. Pow. Toby. Pow. Now, as horrible as it is for us to laugh about this, it's the truth. That's why, like, my last name is McGee. His last name is Fingers. We don't, 
Kente. Our real names would have been like Kuchimucha or some shit. But due to the fact that Kunchi Mucha. I don't know. Sexual. Like, no, no. Hey, that's like an African that's uh, a porn African, star. It's an African sex tribe. Yes, <laughs> Kunchi Mucha. On the I ne- like to Kunchi Mucha. On the next episode of Black. Kunchi <laughs> 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 Mucha. Yeah, who knows, man? But yeah, there, there's there's a whole lot that people don't know. I'm sure people that listen to this podcast like black people have fake names. That's not correct. Go to Google, motherfucker. Go to Google. Like, <laughs> me and Keith actually do the research and actually are well-read enough that when we make statements, you can look them up and they are accurate. Yeah. None you know? of my, uh, even if you think about your your African friends you, you like, grew up with, mm-hmm. uh, you might have went to high school with or, right. like, I went to college with, um, none of them ever had a last name McGee. Never. None of them. Or fingers. They will never have. If, uh, you just, just think about this in a very basic way. If our origin is Africa, right? All of our origins is Africa. Actually, everyone's is, first of all, right? Yeah. yeah. But more specifically, black Americans in America, why don't we have the same names as the people from Africa? Yeah. Hmm? It's it's because... Because they try to call us Toby. Yeah. Yeah. They change their names to Toby. They change their names to Keith and Eddie and shit. And then from there, that's why we have these names. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man. Um kind of unfortunate i didn't get a chance to try this ice cream <laughs> great value you need to you know if you come out with another ice cream then uh make sure you at least talk to some black folks but you know what honestly i'd rather try a black owned ice cream on juneteenth i don't see a problem with supporting people who look like me that make ice cream i think that's a great idea just yeah. like if you're a person that's jewish and there is a a holiday that is commem- commem- commemorating a specific day in a jewish history I think it's cool to support, you know, some type of Jewish outlet. Yeah, last last year um, I had went to a, a Juneteenth event out here in Bakersfield. It was pretty cool just seeing, like, mm-hmm. black people come together. It was a lot of, like, um, people with food trucks and, you know, they set up things. And, I, you know, I spent my money with them. So it was a, it was a pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool I think event. it would be dope. I think it would be dope if Walmart actually said, like, hey, on Juneteenth, it could have been something this simple. This is what Walmart literally could have did. But I don't think Walmart is responsible for great value. Is that a Walmart brand, ain't it? Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah, God damn. Brand. They could have said that, you know, this percent will go to black funded colleges or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. And I think it would have kind of, I think it low key would have kind of absolved them of HBCUs. Yeah, that like mm-hmm. this percentage of money goes specifically to black colleges or some Mm -hmm. shit i think that would have been cool yeah they was keeping all the money yeah okay hold on check this out imagine if i am as a black man if i'm selling if i'm celebrating a mexican holiday right by and and i am getting a hundred percent profit off of that and i'm talking about i'm some major company Mm -hmm. i'm a major company i'm at the top of that company i'm a black guy and I'm selling Mexican products, getting 100% profit on it, and I ain't doing shit for Mexican people. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, yo, who is this guy? Yeah. Why? Yeah. You know? <laughs> that's a cultural appropriation. Yeah, that's, that's, that's literally, you're literally using someone else's culture to make you money while you do nothing for those people. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't think that's okay. Mm-hmm. I genuinely don't. Mm-hmm. People say, well, I don't see the big deal. We all live in America, you know? Is we all have the same opportunities. I think it's fine. It's mm-hmm. not a big deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
yeah, maybe for you, depending on how you looking at it. But yeah, I don't I don't really agree with the notion of uh coming out with a of great value of all. <laughs> no but not even Ben and Jerry's, well, man. Well Walmart is big enough and dumb enough to to do it. So that's yeah. pretty much what it boils down to. They're, you know, one of the most wealthiest companies in the world. So they like, oh what you know, if we get a little backlash, who cares? Yeah. Yeah, we, we got the money to take this right off the shelves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So not hurt us at all. Man, red velvet cake. Let me see. I looked it up. I it bet you red velvet in like a cheesecake swirl, I think. Oh, that, let me see here. Yeah, it says. Oh, crap. Damn it. I'm very curious to know how they came up with that flavor, too. I don't know. Did they consult with any black people if we really eat? Uh, share and <laughs> celebrate African culture. Apparently. And it's showing it's showing black hands. It's showing like um, black hands on the and, on the box on yeah. the carton. They, they look they look they look very very happy. <laughs> they happy hands. Very happy blacks on the front of those uh, ice cream <clears throat> tubs there. Yeah, I think that. Hey, I, honestly, this is the most that Great Value has ever went out. Man, this is the most work they've they, ever done. Yeah, they don't do nothing. They just make the generic version of any flavor. Yeah, they got like music notes on it. It's like music notes and black hands and peace signs. That's what's so shocking to me. They for sure try to capitalize, especially with the plates and stuff like that. Yeah, oh, they definitely did. Yeah. And what's funny is is these these major like companies, they're like, hmm, I don't think they'll see it coming. Yeah. We'll <laughs> we'll make a killing on this. Yeah. We're yeah. gonna sell we're gonna sell this slave ice cream. I mean this, this But they did to their uh I don't know how you would say it, but to, you know, kind of to their point, um, they do this with every holiday, right? Mm. When, what is it? We're about to be in June. Um, Fourth of July is coming up. So at the end of June, probably in the middle of June, that's when we're going to start to see the flags yeah. and the plates and hot dog buns and all these different mm-hmm. things. So they they just they just doing what they just doing what they do but they just didn't really realize the the backlash that they would get by trying to monetize like especially a fresh holiday i think if they did this 15 years from now it might it might blow over a little bit easier yeah oh definitely yeah yeah Cinco de Mayo, get a Mexican discount on Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> He'd be like, yo, what is a Mexican discount? What the fuck is this guy talking about? The same person would be like, the same person is like, build a wall. They're like, ooh, Mexican discount. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're going to get that Mexican discount and you're going to talk yeah. shit about Mexicans as soon as you leave Walmart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yo, that's crazy. If you live in a country, they'd be like, build a wall and go right to a taco truck. Yep. Yep. Crazy man, right to that Cinco de Mayo little function at the club. Yep, that'll be like, yeah. I think that, like, imagine if you have any, if you have any issues with any other cultures that live in the United States, you shouldn't be allowed to celebrate anything from their culture. Yeah, you shouldn't be allowed to eat no tacos. You shouldn't be allowed to eat no nothing. Yeah, we're all hypocrites though, to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that is wild. It'll be some black dude like, I ain't supporting nothing the white man do. And they'd be like, hey, uh, let me get some of them Hot Pockets over there. (laughs) 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 
Yeah, that nigga Dr. Umar drive a Tesla or something like that. Yeah, no, I'd be like, I ain't support nothing the white man do. I'm done with that. And then he got, he got a white girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen a super pro black guy with a white girlfriend? Mm-hmm. You'd be like, look, it's nothing wrong with dating white people. That's fine. But like the fact that you like literally go to sleep with a daishiki on <laughs> and you talk bad shit about white people and you still dating white girls. Yeah. So it just don't it just don't really you gotta you gotta live your life the same across the board, you know. Yeah, it'd be hilarious. He'd be like, get you a black queen, marry, and have black babies, and then you'd be like, Bro, your girlfriend's Amber. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> your ki- kids look like Clay Thompson out there. <laughs> all your kids look like Steph <laughs> all your kids look like Steph Curry. <laughs> a bunch of Jason Tatum's running around. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> all your kids looking like Joe Budden and shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I don't know, man. My sister sent me a picture of her with a Celtic shirt on, like I give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, okay. She really she went to the Laker game uh, with the Celtics stuff. On. Yeah, I was like, okay. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Shout out to my big sister. I, I still don't care that <laughs> the Celtics are going to the finals. You still got to win. Actually, win the finals. That's that's kind of how it works. All right. Uh, anything else on this, Keith? Uh, no, that's about it. Uh, it. Somebody might be able to make a killing though. Like if they scoop the ice cream up before it, before they took it down. Oh, uh, and they kind of just ho- holding it. it, yeah, putting it in a freezer. They might make, they might be able to make like tr- triple their money or something like that. Oh yeah, Juneteenth ice cream. Mm-hmm. You could run the price up on that. <clears throat> Hopefully, one of these uh, black-owned ice cream spots, like they do, they do all they got to do is do a Juneteenth ice cream, and you could not literally rip the logo, but just kind of do your own version of that mm. and be like, yo, this is a black-owned company that is doing the Juneteenth ice cream. You know, the unfortunate thing is it probably is going to be some black people that just, like, use, like, a fake product to just take advantage of white people, like, unknowing white people. They'll be like, they'll they'll <laughs> they'll get all that ice cream off the shelf from it, from uh, Walmart before mm-hmm. it, like, melt, and they'll guilt trip some white people. Like, do you want to support black people that have been yeah. oppressed for all these years? Yeah. Try this Juneteenth. They're like, oh, sure, sure, no problem. I, yeah. I'll, I'll get it. You need a little black girl, like, you know how the Girl Scouts be sitting outside of the stores? Yeah. You need a little black girl out there doing that with that sales pitch. Like, you want to support Juneteenth? Buy this ice cream. You want to support black people? You've heard a lot of black people in your life, haven't you? Yeah. Buy this ice cream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's going to be some old white lady like, oh, oh God, I need to help. Yeah, yeah. I need to help. Yeah. I'll buy it all. <laughs> White uh, people be funny because they always assume black people be broke. You said so what? Could, I said they always assume black people be broke. Like what? So it could be a little girl out there selling ice cream or whatever, and yeah. just be like, oh, I'll buy it all. Do you need some uh, check for your college fund as well? <laughs> like, miss, my dad is a doctor. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's usually the like the uh, the the liberal white people, yeah. that be doing that. Like they, they kind of like. They got like this extreme progressive but backwards way of thinking. Mm-hmm. It'll be like, yeah, I had to help her out. She looked like she was homeless. Yeah. Like the girl ain't homeless. She just got dreadlocks. <laughs> right. Oh, my goodness. That was funny. They'll be putting extras on there. Like, I don't know if she could read very well, but she she sold us the ice cream. And I'm just glad I could support black businesses. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah, go yeah. straight to Instagram. <laughs> I just supported a black business. Oh, for sure. Black is beautiful. Yeah. Enjoy your day. You be like, okay. Yeah. 
Okay. And then the next slide is him like with a full scoop of freaking Juneteenth ice cream. A full scoop of expired black ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> they about to get sick as a motherfucker, too. <laughs> oh oh man. You know you know what I'm gonna do? You, this this would be this would be super fucked up. If you just get some some containers, mm-hmm. like if you find some if you find some like local place in town that makes like whole ice cream, like vanilla, mm-hmm. and then you get like some you just buy the wrapping for the outer layer of the, the, the ice cream container and you call it like Juneteenth or Black History Ice Cream mm-hmm. and you sell each tub for like 10 bucks and it's just regular vanilla ice cream but you call it Black Juneteenth Ice Cream mm-hmm. and people be like, have you tried this new vanilla Black Juneteenth Ice Cream? Yeah. It's great. There's something about it. It might be a little bit of um, fried chicken flavor in yeah, here. Yeah, a little bit of chicken in there. I yeah. just sold you a whole placebo. Just regular vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> you are suffering from the placebo effect, sir. Yeah. There is no chicken in that ice cream. No, nah, they screwed up with the red velvet. I think they should have did like, it should have been like a. a bl- like a, What's a black cake? Like a cake we always eat. I don't even know if it's a black cake, but like maybe a cobbler. Yeah, peach cobbler ice peach cream. Cobbler ice cream. Black I folks fuck with. I don't fire. fuck with peach cobbler though. But black folks fuck with peach cobbler, uh, sweet potato pie, or a pie, sweet potato, sweet potato pie. 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 Work. Yeah. Um, what's another dessert we really be on? Mmm, mmm, shit. Like a yam, maybe a yams ice cream. Yeah. Me personally, I don't know about a lot. I fuck with German chocolate. German chocolate is cool. I don't, I'm not a fan of all the coconut, but um, German chocolate is solid. I fuck with German chocolate. Mm-hmm. I just noticed, like in my family over the years, like the most common cakes that are, are that are around cakes and pies, mm-hmm. uh, uh, pumpkin pie or or either a pumpkin or pumpkin sweet potato pie. Mess with pumpkin? I don't fuck with pumpkin pie. Yeah, be only, having it at the family functions. Yeah, damn, we don't never had no pumpkin. The only pie I you get ran out of the house with some pumpkin pie, the, or it might be sweet potato. I might be tripping because mm-hmm. I don't think we really fuck with that. But um, <laughs> um, it'd be sweet potato pie for sure. I only fuck with apple, uh, sweet potato pie, apple pie, German chocolate cake, um, uh, lemon cake, lemon cake. Um, what's another one? Mm. That's pretty much just be basics. Yeah. But when it comes to black, like like black foods, black eyed peas, collard greens, cornbread, um, mac and cheese. Mac and cheese is like one of the the big ones. That's a staple. Fried chicken. Fried chicken. Um, mustard greens. Mm -hmm. Um, we mess with collards. Yeah, I just mentioned. I said collard greens. Oh, you said collards. Yeah, black folks don't call it collard greens, though. They say collard greens. Sick, <laughs> yeah. It there, there's more that I but uh oh turkey legs is another one too. Believe turkey it or not. legs, you get the turkey legs with the gravy on it. Yeah, I'm like the fire. <laughs> I already fuck with turkey legs though. I already fuck. With it's them. a it's a lot. There's a lot of yeah. a lot of bad fried. The biggest thing Mexicans and Black people have in common is the food be killing us. Yeah, like we gotta we gotta we can't be eating we can't eat our foods too much. And we just we just like it, man. That's the unfortunate part. Yeah. Like it's cool. I feel like around the holidays it's cool. You know, you got your your Easter's, you got your Thanksgivings and your Christmases where you can really like dig in, dig in. But I think throughout the year, like we gotta we just need to eat better. Yeah, bro. Like you think of like I think about the shit that especially black folks and Mexicans be eating, like cultural foods, mm-hmm. like the the grease and like 
uh, like depending on what it is, it'd be like man, manteca and just all like it's lard and just it's just like you can't eat shit like that all the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Like the ta- I fuck with tacos big time, but like mm-hmm. even the way some of the stuff is made, like the the like the consomme that you dip the tacos in, mm-hmm. it's just so much salt. Mm-hmm. It's just too much, man. Mm-hmm. Like I pick a time to eat it. But besides that, I don't be really doing that. Mm-hmm. Some people eat like that every day. Regularly, huh? Every day. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's, nah, I can't do and, that. And the thing about it is, like, you can you can eat healthy food that is also good. It's yes. just we have bad habits. Yes. You know? And we also are uh, reluctant to try new things. Yeah. So if we're not familiar with something, it's like, nah, I, I'd we'll, rather stick to what we'll I'm We'll try doing. it, though. We'll try it when the doctors say, hey, if you, you eat one more piece of fried chicken, your ass going to have a stroke. You'll be like, I got to eat healthy, man. Doctor said. It's like, I've been telling you this nine years ago, you fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, switching gears. Equality in real time. I was telling Keith about this before I made it here to the studio. And basically, I was headed here to go do the podcast. And I seen three women. One was in the driver's seat. Another one was standing outside of a car and one was in the back seat and they had their flasher lights on. And I, apparent, and I assumed that the car had just broke down. They were in the left turning lane. And honestly, like over the years, I've helped many people, not just women, but many people over the years that have a broke down car. I got out and push them and push them to the, you know, push them to a safe area. But at this particular time, I'm not going to lie. I didn't feel like doing anything. Mm-hmm. I had all my, my, I just, Got out the shower. I had some, I had my shoes, my, my really nice slide on shoes and stuff. And I was like, man, I don't feel like doing that. Mm-hmm. And the woman that was outside of the car kind of stood there and looked around, like almost as if she was looking for somebody to come help. Right. And I was just like, man, I just don't feel like doing it. Luckily, two cars behind me, two men jumped out and they helped. Right. They helped push the car in there. And I think there was a woman to my right. And we were both at the light about to go. And I, I don't know if she was looking at me or looking at whatever. But I think that as men, we feel the obligation to help women in a tough in, in like in a tight spot. And I think that's still a good thing. I, I just believe in helping people. And many times over the years, I've seen people, I've pushed tons of cars because I know what it feels like for my car to break down. I know how it feels. But I will say this. In that moment, there are probably women listening to the podcast like, why would you just stand there and let women push the car? Um, here's the thing. In that moment, I was actually supporting women, okay? Because <laughs> we live in a time where there's three grown women, one in the back, one driving, and one on the outside that was going to push. I'm in there. I'm in the car. And because I didn't get out, society will kind of view me like, where are all the men? Why aren't men helping out? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times you have to assume the responsibility of a car owner. When things happen to your car, you have to be able to change tires. You have to be able to push the car, whatever. In the history of me having cars that have been raggedy, because I've had a lot of raggedy cars in my day, and this is no slight to all women. I'm sure there's probably maybe a few that may have helped, that would have probably helped me if they were there. Not one time in the history of my cars breaking down has a woman felt obligated to hop out and help me push my car. Not one time in 37 years has a woman hopped out the car and helped me push that motherfucker anywhere. It was always another man or I did it by myself. And that's not to slight women. I'm just trying to paint a picture here. 
that we want to paint this utopia of what the world should be, when in actuality, the world is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. The world is what it is, mm-hmm. right? I don't even know if women would feel the need to get out. I don't think they feel obligated to help men in a situation like that because they feel like, oh, he's got it. He'll handle it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But that's kind of how we've been programmed. Mm-hmm. But then we're trying to we're trying to push these we're trying to push these I, these ideologies or this idea of equality. I feel like women deserve from an equitable standpoint, they deserve they don't they don't for doing the same type of work, they should not get paid less for that. Mm-hmm. Right? I believe in that form of equality. But as far as societal norms, you you just it just doesn't work out like that. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. Keith mm-hmm. gave me one example of it was I guess it was an older woman that helped him uh, do something with his car one time, but yeah, in the history of like my dad having a raggedy like a raggedy car that didn't go nowhere, or we broke down. Not one time has a woman ever got out and pushed us anywhere. Not not once. Mm-hmm. So it's just something to think about. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not to say that women are bad. Once again, for those that'll be like, oh my god, why is Eddie shitting on us? No, I'm not shitting on you, but I just know you wouldn't push a man's car. and some of y'all will break down in the middle of nowhere and call your boyfriend that's in another city to help you change your tire instead of getting down on that dirty floor like we do and changing that tire yeah all women do is drive men crazy yeah (laughs) (laughs) they drive cars they drive men crazy babe i'm i'm like 40 miles away but the tire blew out and you'll be like so, Babe, I'm in Las Vegas with the girls, but um, I'm stuck on the freeway right now. It's like, this thing is at work. I'm at work. <laughs> like, So when do you think you can make it? You'd be like, hey, y'all don't know how to change a tire? <laughs> like, but we have our dresses on, and we're about to go to the casino. Here's what you do. Hop on TikTok like you always are. <laughs> hashtag tire change. <laughs> Figure it out. Hey, yo, yo, women, women, when they really want something, they're like, but we're broke down. <laughs> kind of dragging out that word. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, man. I think that um, that's like a, a, that's real feminism, though, what you did. Because mm-hmm. femini- fem- feminism is really about, like, you know, women finding, like, an equality. Right, right, women. right. Yeah, so what you did was just real, true femin- f- yeah. feminism. Feminism yeah. at its finest. I, I felt guilty in that moment, though. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I felt guilty because, like, it's something in me as a man where I want to help women. Yeah. Right? But at the same time, I genuinely didn't want to do shit. I'm like, yo, I'm chilling. I'm yeah. not trying to help y'all push. Y'all got three grown-ass women there. You better get out and push that fucking car. Yeah, in reality, it just happened to be a woman. Like, right. I know for me, a hundred percent. If it, if I feel like if it's on my heart to help somebody, then I'm gonna help them. But if I yes. feel like I'm in a space where I'm not gonna be doing it with my whole heart in in right. it, and I'm just doing it because it's supposed to be done, right. then generally I won't do it. Because yeah. you know, it just, to me, it just feels better to me when I'm like if I give somebody change and I do it because I genuinely am feeling good that day and I got a little extra money here and there. Um, and not when you kind of forced to do it, because I feel like that's a space where you don't really like if you're giving or helping from that space and it's not really uh, like the True. authentic version of it. Um, True. But yeah, like like Eddie was saying, I, I don't have that same experience as far as like women not helping me out. I, I don't I don't know if my car is ever broken down in in that way. Maybe once. Yeah. And I think some dude like was able to like hop out and help me. Um, so for me, I'm at like a 50% clip because mm-hmm. the one lady and the late, like the lady didn't speak no English. She was trying to communicate with me and how, how to push the car that and stuff awesome. like that. She 
provided maybe 10% help that didn't actually work because I was pushing the SUV. Um, and it was cold. Or gra- it was it was a whole thing. But, um, but I, you know, I for sure appreciate her help. And then, like, eventually another dude was just walking down the street and he seen us and he was like, yo, like, y'all need help? I was like, yes. <laughs> God sent an angel. <laughs> uh, God sent an angel. And he was what? he was Mexican, too. So he really sent an angel. Oh, <laughs> 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 yo, that was a good. Yo, that was a good. Yo, you slipped that one in there. Oh man. Oh, um, but yeah, we pushed that. But yeah, I, I think like, um, especially with 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 that story, it, it's oftentimes like I think that we we all need help in life. We all need we right. need we all need you know whether our car break down, we run out of gas. You might need somebody to spare you ten dollars here, whatever the case may be. But um, I think I think that stuff should be like surplus, yeah, right? Yeah. I think that we shouldn't rely on the help of of, of anybody, yeah. um, especially when you're you have three people in a car, whether you're women, men, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like you guys should be able to. What kind of car was it? Uh, it was like an old Mitsubishi or something. It looked kind of beat up, like a sedan or. It was a car, just a regular car. Yeah, yeah. So if it's not, you know, obviously if it's not an SUV or a truck or something like that, like two two women should be able to push it, especially with the motor. Three, it was three of them. Well, I'm saying like somebody's steering the car. Mm, but, okay. you know, if if the other person don't get out, you know, just, you know, obviously they got to hit the gas, I mean, the, the brake and stuff like that. But yeah. if two people are, you know, um, right there. Me, I've pushed, and mind you, like, I remember my sister's car, uh, she got a Mazda 3 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I pushed that by myself. Like, and I low key, I had to stop because it, the car just got too heavy and I lost momentum. But um, I pushed that like low key, like out of the street and then up a, up a little ramp or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that shit suck when they got to go up some little thing. Yeah, you, that's, that's what happened when I was pushing the, the SUV with the lady because it was like, it just, it was like a, you know, imagine pulling out of a driveway and it's that yeah. little dip once you hit the street, you know, once the asphalt hit the, the sidewalk, yeah. it's that little dip and yeah. I couldn't get it out of the dip and it oh. was just sitting there. Um, yeah. So same thing when I was pushing my sister's car, I was like pushing it up that and it was just like, I can't go no more. Like I yeah. used all my strength. You, you know how you could, I guess with certain, if you got a stick, I guess you could pop the clutch and somebody could drive off. Mm, if you I push somebody, that. yeah, if you push somebody. When if they got a stick, if they throw it in gear, it can start the car up. Mm. I pushed this one dude, right? I told him, I said, hey, look, man. I was like, you could pop the clutch. And I guess he was familiar with that. So I was running full speed with the car. It was a Honda. And mm-hmm. I, was, I was pushing it quick, too. The car started rolling. Mm-hmm. And he popped it. And uh, he just drove off, which is fine, you know. But now I'm in the middle of the busy traffic. <laughs> and this nigga just drove off. He didn't say thank you nothing. The motherfucker just drove off. I was like, God damn, man. I'm on California Avenue with cars just flying by. I'm like, God, Lee, you fucking jerk. <laughs> yeah, man. But yeah, it's 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 a, it's a trip, man, when you think about it. Like, I, I genuinely felt bad in that moment, but I really shouldn't feel bad. You know, what I'm really, what I've learned from that, too, is you got to let women struggle with shit on their own before you offer them assistance. Because mm-hmm. what happens is, is women will start looking at you funny. Like, they'll be carrying something like, oh, hey, hey you need some help? You got that? They'll be like, um, yeah, I've got it. <laughs> and it's like, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, don't. Yeah, you, uh, well, I'm going to, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get enough of these 
um, reactions from women to where it's going to make me more and more less likely to help you with shit. Mm -hmm. Not because I'm judging every woman because some women want the help. But at the same time, it's like, I'm going to let you struggle before I help you with anything. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, I think women will be like this. They'll be on Twitter like, we don't need men for shit. I'm Miss Independent. I don't need you. Babe, can you open this jar of pickles, please? (laughs) (laughs) I'll be like, shit, I can't open them either. Yeah. We talked about it. Sometimes that jar of pickles be hard as fuck. Yeah. You got to do all the remedies, put it in cold or hot water and put the towel around it. I'll hand that that jar of pickles back to my girl like, you need to go find a real man over Uh there. (laughs) <laughs> you just pack up your bags and dip like honey i can't do this i can't do this yeah just take this jar of pickles to your ex <laughs> <laughs> um but i i think um i think i think it is important for women to have like some basic car skills though yeah like um pushing the cars that's more of a physical thing and it's a very it's it's not easy by any means um, but you know, just being able to change a tire or at least yeah. check your oil. You don't have to, I don't change yeah. my oil personally, but be able to check your oil, check your fluids in your car. Uh-huh. Um, you know, make, recognize if your tires need to be rotated or yep. if they bald, they bald in or whatever. Um, just like some basic stuff. Yeah. Don't be posting all them booty pics in the gym, but you don't want to use your booty when it comes to pushing that car. <laughs> no, that's fact. That's use a the, good workout too. You better use them booty gains to push that motherfucking car. Nah, Bakersfield is the worst too. Like in the summertime, when you' trying to, when Bakersfield is the worst place to have car issues. In the oh summertime. God, it's so fucking hot. Yeah, cause it it'd be a hundred and five, and you out there trying to push a car, bro. That's death. Oh no, and the car be hot. That's what happened. Yeah. Like when I was pushing my sister's car, it was so hot that I had to like maybe put my shoulder into it, or yeah, it was terrible, bro. I, I think the, the the I think the worst thing about Bakersfield heat. Is when you get in your car and that seatbelt is hot as fuck. Mm-hmm. I burnt myself one day putting that motherfucker yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. I was like, God damn. You get a third degree burn with them. Yeah, man, I could cook a taco on this motherfucker, man. <laughs> you know how they had them stuffed grilled burritos? Yeah. I could grill a burrito in this motherfucker, <laughs> man. That's how hot it is. not <laughs> <laughs> shit, man. Yeah, that's facts. Yeah, you man. You know you bought that little uh, meal warmer thing? Yeah, 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 about it. You really don't need that. No, not in the, you. Yeah. No, no bullshit. <laughs> when it get hot enough, like when it gets hot enough, there was a dude that told me, there was a truck driver, he told me that he would get a steak from like Walmart or something. And he knew exactly how many miles he had to drive for that steak to get cooked on his engine. What he would do is he would take like chicken wire. He would First of all, what he would do is he would wrap that, he would season the steak, put a little butter in it, and then he would wrap it in a bunch of foil and he would get chicken wire and he would tie it to the fucking motor. Yeah. And then he would drive X amount of miles and then he could start smelling the butter and shit and the seasonings. <laughs> he was cooking steaks off his motor, bro. No lie. That's wow. probably one, that's probably one of the most interesting truck driver stories I've heard from a driver. <laughs> we never talk about truck driving on here, but this dude was cooking steaks off his fucking motor, dude. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow. how many, did he say how many miles? I didn't remember how many uh, miles, but he said he when he starts smelling <laughs> that butter and the seasoning and stuff, and, and he could smell it while he driving, and it'd be a perfectly cooked steak. Oh, that's fire! Perfectly cooked steak. Dang. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you gotta understand like how much, 
And by the way, especially if you're loaded, you know, you could be pulling up to 80,000 pounds. Mm -hmm. So you pulling 80,000 pounds versus this one steak that's in there and it's it's pulling. Yeah. And there's so much heat in there. Mm -hmm. Man. Man, that's dope. Yeah. I, I wonder how he, I'm, I'm sure he just, I wonder how like the process was of like getting it right. Like Probably. he might have overcooked it one, one a couple times, undercooked it a couple times. Yeah, I, I don't know, but all I know is I could just imagine how good that steak. Mm -hmm. Like that's that that story was wild. But he said, "Yep, I've done it a million times, man." Dang. I remember I met some I met some very stereotypical truck drivers when I first started driving, mm -hmm. and I remember I was uh, off the I eighty. It's a place for anybody want to look it up. It's the I eighty. It's the biggest truck stop in the world, right? And I went to visit that place. It was a buffet. It was a buffet inside of there. And the dude was like, yeah, right now, they be hauling all kind of shit. Right now, I got a, uh, I got a lot of, I got some dead animals I'm taking from here, though. I'm like, damn. Yeah. You hauling dead <laughs> animals? Another dude was hauling, like, motherfuckers be hauling all kind of squirrels and shit. You like, dude. Yeah, squirrels. Bro, they hauling all kinds of, like, roadkill and. I've seen cows before. Cows all chopped up. You be like. And it, nah, these was whole cows. Really? Mm-hmm. Legs all sticking out the top of At the, the top, yeah. yeah. And if you look, the, the, the cow be looking like, he in shock. Like, I can't believe these niggas killed me. <laughs> 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 these cows didn't kill. No, these niggas didn't kill me and turn me into a food item on, Jun <laughs> on Juneteenth. <laughs> Try our new Juneteenth burgers. We don't even get the good beef. We get the, we get the shock cow beef on Juneteenth. <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah. Oh man. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I just uh, you know going back to my point. Like we just need women. Um, I think. For me, at least, like in terms of a relationship, if the playing field is even, obviously we're going to play our parts, right? Like for um, traditionally, and I'm not going to, I'm not, I don't even like to say it like this because it's going to get misconstrued. But, mm -hmm. you know, it, in in terms of like, I would say like what a traditional family looks like, the, the, the woman might take care of the household in some capacity. Make sandwiches. Yeah, they might cook and clean and, and all right. these things. And then the I'm man about the sandwiches, ladies. The man would take care of like the more uh, grunt work. Yeah, like whether it's like um, you know fixing something that's fixed. You know, that's maybe something is going bad in the uh, the the sink in the bathroom or whatever the case may be. And obviously working probably in an oil field or something like that. So it's like this kind of this like um, ebb and flow to the relationship, right? right? Um, <clears throat> so on, on, on that basic level, like, I think for me, I wouldn't mind if, uh, you know, if I needed to, uh, change a flat tire, if we both out or if the oils need to be changed on the car or whatever, I wouldn't mind like jacking the car up and, and doing that type of stuff. But I just think it's come, it's, it's certain times where like, uh, your man is not available. Right. And I think just knowing the basics about how to um, change your tire well, because the stuff is in the car. I mean, the generally, if you got a new car, the jack is going to be in there. The yeah. spare tire is going to be in the trunk. Yeah. You can just knock it out real I quick. I think as men, we're part of the problem, though. We're part of the problem because we always want to offer our services in moments where we need to be offering our experience. For example, you need when you're changing any tire, you at home, you need to, hey, babe, come out here and check this out. I'm going to show you how to change a tire. Mm. We have to start, if women don't know about this stuff, we need to teach them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because in a moment where we can't be available, or let's say, for example, I've worked this long fucking 16 hour shift and I'm dead asleep and you broke down down the street 
But instead of you changing that tire yourself, you got to wake me up. I'm not going to be happy to change that tire. Mm-hmm. You need to change that motherfucking tire. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah. Some people be like, the funny thing too is, is like, I feel like it's very empowering for women to learn these things. You know, just because, just to know them so you can use these skills. Like, you don't want to be that woman that's like, look, we don't need no man for nothing. And you call him roadside assistance and it's a man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, get down there on that dirty ground and change that tire just like a man would do it. Yeah. You know? It's, it's actually not that hard. It's just more, no. it's more so kind of getting over the 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 fear of like oh dang this is a real tire that's blown out on yeah my car. I gotta loosen these lug nuts or whatever the case may be yeah I mean and look you used to dealing with nuts so all you gotta do is just take them lug nuts off yeah change them <laughs> off you know it's a little different though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well there's that uh, switching gears uh the very unfortunate news that we did not want to talk about but we have no choice. And that was the shooting in Texas, um, where nineteen children. Uh, that's the dude. That's the count, correct? Was it nineteen? Uh, I'm not sure what the count was. I know it's up there. It was just going up. It might be eighteen and a teacher, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Oh man, and it, it's just an absolute terrible fucking story. Um, the thing about it, man, is is we'll speak more to um the, the what's surrounding it since. Since these kids have lost their lives, there's been a fight between a lot of liberals and conservatives on the internet and shit. And you even have Coach Steve Kerr talking about, you know, Mitch McConnell and how certain papers have been sitting on his desk for this long. And I think that there's kind of a simplistic, we've took a very simplistic approach to a complex issue. These shootings have been a problem since Columbine in 1999. <clears throat> this is not a new issue. This is a very this is a very repetitive issue that we've become desensitized to, but what woke us back up is 19 kids losing their life. 19 fourth graders. It took 19 fourth graders to lose their life. And a week before that, 10 black people got murdered in a store. So it's like I felt like this this the story surrounding the black people was it was head it was it was front page news, but it wasn't taken with the same severity as the 19 children. But this is not to compare or contrast. It's to say, why would it take 19 children for you to see that this shit has been a problem? That's the crazy thing. Not only that, we live in a time now where we have been infiltrated in every single place that we, um, we go. We have been shot in theaters, we have been shot in malls. We have been shot in churches. We have been shot in schools. We have been shot almost anywhere a person can be shot. So now we are in a position that is more unique than any time in American history. I think that now like people are like, this is enough. We have to do something. We've offered thoughts and prayers during every single mass shooting. Thoughts and prayers, thoughts and prayers. But I think now we've graduated from thoughts and prayers to we need to do something. We need to do something. That's the new thing. We've graduated to that. But there needs to be a real course of action. And we need real um, actionable items this time. Mm -hmm. They said we need stiffer gun laws. That's what, like, the liberals are saying. 
And I feel like you could make the gun laws stiffer, fine. That's not going to change what's in a person's heart and mind. You can't legislate good mental health. This is not how it works, unfortunately. It's not. And conservatives are like on the opposite side where they're like, we need more guns. We need more guns in the hands of good citizens. And even though there may be some legitimacy to that statement, I mean, you're not going to be objective to that because you have a bias towards that. That like conservatives, that's the, the, the party of the Second Amendment. Yeah, guns give them an erection. They'd be like jacking off like, oh, oh, <laughs> AR-15s, oh, <sighs> fuck. Nine millimeter. Oh. Nine millimeter cock, fuck. <laughs> but <laughs> I didn't even mean to be funny with that. But that's the thing. I will say that both parties are making some sense in a sense that liberals more or less are taking the mental health approach. They're saying, you know, we need to focus on um, the mental health issues in some of these people, right? And I think that's good, but truth be told, we could pray, we could have thoughts and prayers, we can do the mental health thing as much as we can, but it's not going to impact somebody who is truly mentally ill and wants to commit some crazy, insidious act on innocent people. Here's my take. And, and a lot of people may not agree with it, but I don't think I don't care if you do or don't. <clears throat> we have made it to a time in American history. It's very unique. And I don't give a fuck if you're liberal, conservative, independent, libertarian, whatever you are. Each and every one of you would shoot somebody to defend your family. Every single one of you. That is a non-debatable fucking statement. I don't give a fuck how left you are. Middle-leaning you are, whatever you are. We have to attack this from all angles. The mental health aspect, and we have to start shooting these people. We have to start shooting these people, period. We cannot, st- we cannot keep living in a world where mass shooter shoots 30 people and gets apprehended after he does it. You don't deserve to get a fair trial, Because you didn't give people a fair chance. You need to be shot. You need to be shot. There needs to be more guns on law-abiding citizens that want to defend their families. They need to incentivize teachers that want to protect themselves and the students. We need real-world, real-life reactions to mass shooters. Look, we could pray all we want. I believe in the power of prayer, but prayer is not going to stop a crazy person with the AR-15. When the fuck are we going to wake up? We have to start shooting these motherfuckers, period. We, and they might shoot a person here or a person there, but we can mitigate the issue by putting guns in the hands of soccer moms, by putting guns in the hands of of the local pastor by putting guns in the hands of grandma or grandpa not really old people though they might shoot the wrong person but if you put if you put it in the in the hands of someone who can make a fair judgment we could save a lot more lives we could also start we could also start making mass shooters think twice about the shit they're going to do because the headlines are going to change the headlines won't be like mass shooter shoots 30 people, mass shooter shoots 40 people, mass shooter. It's going to be like mass shooter attempts to fa- plans get foiled to do a mass shooting by 
another plan foiled of a mass shooting. We're going to start shooting these motherfuckers. I think even without the government stepping in, I really believe that Americans, there's some Americans right now that are in Walmart with a gun right now. There are some Americans in um, church. The pastor got a gun behind his back. Like, it's up to us at this point. Like, the government, they can only legislate so much. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be up to us, and I think there's going to be people shooting back at these motherfuckers. That's what I personally think. Mm -hmm. I guess the issue that I have with that is, like, one, those people were in Texas. And Texas has, obviously, it's a a state that um, is, you know, Second Amendment heavy. Yeah. Um, so I mean, as far as in in with the 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 teachers with with guns and stuff, like it's it's a uh, it's a liability thing. Like having those those guns around kids, like I don't know. I just I don't I don't see a world where that's that's ever going to happen. Um, just based off of you know the the possibilities that having yeah. guns around kindergartners, second graders, and stuff like that, and how nosy some kids be and getting in and teacher stuff I, I i just don't i don't see that um but i don't, it's it's just a tough situation because part of it is like even in that situation um there were police officers that were shooting at him but he essentially got to them first and they he uh i don't think he killed the police officers but i think he he uh i think he wounded like two two different police officers prior to shooting you know shooting all the uh shooting all the the kids so it's like that's kind of how you wanted it to play out right you wanted somebody with a with a gun to try to prevent him from you know harming x amount of kids but like it just didn't really work out like the way the way you you would have hoped it would have um so i don't know i guess that's my uh I guess the only rebuttal is like you need to you need better shooters <laughs> as far as police officers, or you need like higher grade of weapons or something like that. Um, yeah. So not necessarily like to um, like combat what you're saying, but just to provide some perspective. I guess one hundred percent. But I, I think in regards to the liability issues, I think it's more of a liability of my kid being shot with a gun than a gun being around my child. I'd rather a gun be around my child with an adult that's protecting my child than the first interaction of my child being from a gun shooting him. So I'd rather much sign a waiver stating that Mr. Mr. Jacobs is holding, is, has a concealed carry. Mrs. Anderson has a concealed carry, whatever the case but I much rather feel okay sending my kids to school. Do you know how many this is man when the kids got shot I was glad I didn't have kids. Because I didn't have to live with the idea of worrying about what the fuck was going on with my child. Yeah. Imagine imagine seeing all them little kids getting shot. Now your kid got to go to school the next day, bro. Not to mention like not knowing if your kid is one of those one of those victims, you know? Right. Like you at work and you <clears throat> catching word from the news that there was a shooting at the school your your kids yeah. go to and you checking every minute updating the thing to see if your son or your daughter is one of the ones mm-hmm. that got 
They got shot. And then me, and you know, for me, that was that was like the saddening thing for me. I don't have kids, but just thinking about my niece, you know, mm-hmm. being in school or my nieces yeah. and my nephews being at school or I have friends that are teachers. And I'm like, yo, I would be devastated if one of my friends you know, got caught. And the thing about it, too, is like <clears throat> you see these people get shot. I just feel like there's a certain amount of 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 us being desensitized that plays into this because it's like. Man, just thoughts and prayers to the people the people affected. This is so bad. We got to stop. But it's so easy to give thoughts and prayers when your kids ain't dead. You get to hug your kids at night. And mm-hmm. it's not to be not to make you like to guilt trip you, but like the thoughts and prayers, man. It's not a bad thing, but it ain't doing nothing. It ain't doing nothing to a crazy per- person walking into these places that want to inflict harm on people. Yeah. It's just, I think it's like we've, it's almost like, I don't even know how to, it's just, I can't even find the words to articulate how I feel about this. Mm -hmm. Because like, honestly, we need swift justice now. Now we've we've gotten to a place where we can't just say thoughts and prayers. We got to be the person that's willing to shoot somebody. Mm -hmm. Like, that's literally what we're in a position, like the position we're in. Mm -hmm. We have to start disciplining these people. That okay, yeah, that's that's what I'll say. So, you know, so Instagram or any other, you know, place won't try to cancel me for saying this. If a person walks into a room with whatever type of weapon that they have and they find it okay to open, you know, that weapon and use it on people, we need to discipline them concurrently. They do not deserve a fair trial. Mm-hmm. They do they do not deserve to be judged by uh, 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 what do you call it? A, a jury, a, of, your a jury of your peers. Mm-hmm. The only peer you deserve is the one that's six feet underground. Mm-hmm. When you come in, you come into a church, and you and you do that, you don't deserve a fair trial. You don't deserve to be apprehended. Mm-hmm. You need to be dealt with right there. And that's the one of the biggest issues. We keep saying we need to do something. Unfortunately, that's one of the only things we got left. But we what, can talk, what, but I think. What I think about what is what is worse is like having to live with that the rest of your life or um, I feel like sometimes killing somebody could low-key be like letting them off the hook, mm. if that makes sense. Man, I just don't – I don't have any empathy for these people. I have none. I don't even think like I just wonder what was going through his mind and <clears throat> what he was – man, fuck these people, man. I'm sorry. There is nothing that can make me there's nothing that can make me have empathy for somebody that will go harm a child that will harm multiple children. Bro, Mm -hmm. you need to be disciplined concurrently on the spot. You do not need to be alive anymore. You need to be unalived at that moment. (laughs) You need to be unalived at that moment. Yeah. I'm getting tired of seeing these motherfuckers, man. These motherfuckers, they don't went in the theaters. They went into every spot that we go to with our families, and they didn't open fire and hurt people. We got to hurt them back. That's yeah. all we can do. We, we could pray all we want, and I think prayer is great. I believe in the power of prayer. But prayer is not going to stop a psycho. A psycho ain't thinking about prayer. Mm-hmm. I'd rather, it's, it's, look, I know we don't want to have a conversation, but it has to be had. It has to be had. We said we need to do something. If you don't have a you don't have an idea for something, I'm giving you something right now. And that something is we could take the liberal and conservative approach 
and throw it at this issue and see what comes out of it. I think it's okay if 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 the Democrats want stiffer gun laws, cool. If conservatives want more guns in the hands of law-abiding citizens, cool. I think that both of those things are decent. But at the end of the day, somebody's going to have to get shot. And it's not going to be my kid. It's not going to be my uncle. It's not going to be my grandma. It's not going to be any innocent person. We shooting these motherfuckers. They need to get shot. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of getting on a podcast and offering up these diluted responses. Man, I don't even know what we're going to do, man. This is... I don't even know what we're going to do, man. This is crazy. Bro, I'll say this. You could quote me on it. I might get, I'm, they're not going to take this off air. This is the podcast. Uh, yeah. Start shooting these people. They need to get shot. Period. We don't need, we need to stop burying fucking fifth graders and decide as American people, are we willing to defend our own children and the people around? Because this is, this is too much. Innocent black people, innocent kids, everybody getting shot. It, it, it crosses color barriers, but especially it's fucked up when it's specific. Mm-hmm. You went into a church and shot black people. Then you go into a, 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 a freaking store and shoot 10 black people. Mm-hmm. And then one of the victims was a fucking child. The youngest of the victims in Buffalo was a fucking child. Getting tired of burying kids. For what? What are we talking about anymore? Shoot these motherfuckers. Shoot them. I ain't got nothing else to offer this conversation, man. I'm just so fucking tired of this shit, man. I'm so tired of it. What are we going to do? We need to do something. We need to do something. Man, ain't nobody going to do shit. There's going to be another mass shoot next week. It's going to be another mass shooting next week and ain't nobody going to do nothing but offer thoughts and prayers over and over and over. And we're going to keep praying and dying. We ain't got no other option but to shoot these motherfuckers, man. It just, it just, thinking about it, man, like I was playing it cool, but the more I think about it, it just makes me super duper angry that we are adults and as long as our children are safe and our family are safe we never are able to personalize it but imagine a parent that's sick one of the teachers that died she got shot and her husband died of a fucking heartbreak he had a heart attack and died after his wife he visited the site went home and he fucking died of a heart attack that's how much pain we dealing with in America. That these fucking nerds and incels go into these buildings and shoot people. It's crazy, man. And it's so repetitive. And it's always, it don't matter how different these pictures is, it looked like the same motherfucker committing the crimes. Have you noticed that? It looked like the same niggas committing the crime. It looked like a nerdy incel motherfucker. <laughs> same motherfucker. Mm-hmm. We had a uh, we had we had like a satirical um, a, approach to one of these situations, and we said something like, "Yo, we need to like trick these mass shooters and get them in a room and just shoot them." <laughs> this shit is wild. It's the it's the most cowardice way. Like, bro, I don't encourage nobody to hurt themselves. I encourage people to find help 
find help somewhere if you can, please. But if you think about, if you really think you about to go hurt somebody, man, you better off doing that to yourself. Stop hurting people, man. Stop hurting innocent people. Dude shot his grandma too. Yeah. Before he went out and killed. Fucking crazy, kids. man. Yeah. I think he shot her in the face. Fucking nuts, man. Mm-hmm. This shit is just. This shit is beyond wild, man. This is just beyond wild, and it's like, it's a bunch of these motherfuckers all over America. These, um, incel motherfucking nerdy, closed off. They hate everybody. It was a dude that had a YouTube channel. I think it was, uh, I forgot what school it was. It was a California school. And he was, his biggest complaint was like all these girls having sex with these guys and never giving me a chance. And like, he literally, they took his whole YouTube channel down. Mm -hmm. His, his complaint was, you know, that no one would give him a chance. Um, he was tired of it and he just started opening fire on people. At the school? At the school, it was uh, oh my god, was it, it wasn't Berkeley? Where was it? I don't think that's important. I I don't even want to give this motherfucker no attention. And what I hate too, this is the biggest thing that I hate. I hate seeing these mass shooters the day after, mm-hmm. seeing the pictures of these guys walking away in handcuffs. It's not even walking away in handcuffs. Just seeing these people. Oh, just seeing them in general. It's, it's almost like they've realized that their life means nothing, and they want to tie their life to committing this super crazy action mm-hmm. because they know it would immortalize them in being who they like being crazy. You know what I want to see? I want to see more people putting a hole in these motherfuckers, and then they get remembered for trying to start a mass shooting, but they got stopped. That's the headlines I want to see. I want to see a headline with a motherfucker that tried to pull a gun out, got put down, and now he is forgotten. I think one thing, too, we got to start, like, recognizing the signs of, like, what these mass shooters look like. It's um, very rare that these things come out of nowhere, right? Like, the guy, the um, I forget his name, but the guy had posted on Instagram, like, the pictures of the guns and stuff. I think yeah. he posted something about his grandma. Um, the day before he shot her. So, like, I don't know who's monitoring social media and we have all these uh, algorithms or whatever. We get, you know, posts taken down for saying certain things, but it seems like a lot of the, the real signs of these mass shooters just kind of flies under the radar. Even a guy in New York, I think he had he had uh, YouTube videos speaking about certain subject matters and, like, people are just not really paying attention to um the uh the prequels to a lot of these these mass shootings. Right. So I don't know. That's something that gotta change. Um I think that most people are too wrapped up in their own life to notice these things. Everyone's so distracted by everything going on on social media, the latest dance on TikTok. They notice they they're too busy keeping the rotation of holes in their phone. Like everybody's so distracted with their own life that we don't prioritize mental health. Mm-hmm. And since we don't prioritize it in our own lives, we're not going to notice the, the creepy, weird motherfucker with a trench coat that sits in the back of the classroom and says nothing. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to be. Nobody's going to point that out. They're just going to keep letting him be weird. In fact, they're going to crack jokes on him because what happens is no one has learned. 
You see, the dude that you roasting and you cracking jokes on, you don't know that he has a bomb. You don't know that he has a gun. You don't know that he has hated you since the fourth grade and he going to kill you on Friday because mm-hmm. you've been making fun of him since he was in fourth grade. Mm-hmm. People don't realize nobody like we have like it's crazy how we we've seen these situations play out and they keep playing out because the people don't change. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much our government can do. This shit is on us. Mm-hmm. This is on us now. People say, that's not true. Our government needs to do something. Didn't you learn during the pandemic that your government can't do anything for you? You know how many businesses closed during the pandemic? If the government can't stop businesses from closing, how the fuck you think they're going to save lives? This shit is on us. We got to figure this shit out. Whether it's us literally standing up for ourselves and, and disciplining these people on the spot and also attacking the mental health aspect of it. But I don't want to sound like a broken record. So I'm going to have to retire from this conversation. I'm, it's probably some things I'm going to miss because my brain's not thinking straight. But, man, I haven't said anything on social media about this on purpose all week because it's such a highly emotional conversation to have mm-hmm. that it just it's doing it a disservice to type things on social media. Mm-hmm. You could be the super keyboard warrior on social media, the social media activist. We need to do this. We need to do that. Like the person that's got all the greatest ideas, but in real life, you don't do shit. All you do is get on the fucking internet. We need to do this. We need to do this in legislation. We should be doing this. And you ain't doing a goddamn thing. Mm-hmm. You just that super liberal, that super conservative on the internet. But in real life, you don't do a goddamn thing. I don't got nothing to say. Switching gears. Liz Cambage. Uh, Liz Cambage, or Liz Cambage, excuse me, uh, who plays in the WNBA uh, for the Sparks, the LA Sparks at this time, uh, recently has got caught up up in some shit. Uh, Liz Cambage. Liz Cambage called Nigerian players monkeys to kick off notorious uh, basketball brawl. On the same day, she said she wished she played for the African country because her Aussie team was racist. Aussie basketball star Liz Cambage allegedly used a disgraceful racist slur against the Nigerian team at a warm-up in 2021, sparking a brawl that ended that ended with her quitting the national team. The former Opal has been accused of calling Nigerians monkeys after elbowing one of her opponents in the neck and slapping another in the face during the clash which is still sending shockwaves to Australian national team. Cambage used a slur often Niger- used a slur after a Nigerian player King hit her in the head as a retaliation for two physical clashes, reported the Daily Telegraph, which also obtained a video showing the star appearing to strike her opponent Victoria McClay with an elbow. I seen that elbow. It was very vicious. Really? Oh, it was bad. Yeah, it, it, she broke skin, dude. Really? She hit her so hard she fucking broke her skin. Yeah, it's bad. Nigerian player claims Australian told one of her teammates on the day of the brawl that she wished she played for the African national team. Uh, her fellow Opals was racist. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, basically, Liz Cambage is half black. She's six foot eight. Um, and she's known for, you know, 
having sexual photos and, and, and having OnlyFans and shit. But she's a starting center in the NBA. I mean, a WNBA for the Sparks. She also is a person who has had multiple um, headlines. One of the most recent headlines we talked about here on the podcast about her, where one of the opposing coaches said, hey, man, you know, make sure you, you know, he said something about her weight. Come mm-hmm. on. Like, come on, man. She's boxing out our girl. She's like 300 pounds. <laughs> and um, he thought that he was just, you know, just having cheek talk as a, as a head coach. And Liz Cambage went after him and called him a little white man. And I don't need you talking about me. But that kind of showed me where her maturity was back then. Mm-hmm. I think me and Keith did a great job of covering that episode. I, I think I'll find it. It's in there. She's actually the cover art for that episode, Keith. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Um, from then all the way to now, you get to get a, you get an idea of what kind of people you're dealing with. This is why it's important not to come out uh, in public and just support anybody. Make sure you pay attention to people's character flaws first. Because mm-hmm. you could look like a fool defending certain people. We all know who these people are. You know, some people in your family, maybe an uncle or a cousin or somebody, and you jump out there to defend them, but they was the one that was wrong the whole motherfucking time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You need to take some time before you come out and defend these people. <laughs> you know, just like the, the Jesse Smollett's of the world. Remember all them pictures that people posted of Jesse Smollett? Yeah. All these celebrities posting all these photos, and yeah. we're with you, brother. We love you. We're praying for you. But he was a fucking liar. Mm-hmm. And you look at this situation with her. This is kind of um, Jesse Smollett, Smollett-ish, mm-hmm. um, where she basically is this horrible fucking person. And especially for her being a half black woman, you calling Nigerian players monkeys, and it was it was actually verified today because the captain of the Australian women's team said yes. It is true. She called them monkeys. I was standing right there. Mm-hmm. We all heard it. Yeah. And then seven players from the fucking uh, Nigerian team said, "Yes, yeah, she called us monkeys." Mm-hmm. So you got teams from all. You got players from both the all from both sides saying you called them monkeys. Yeah. But you the same one that's talking about, oh, you called me three hundred pounds. Nobody give a fuck. You racist motherfucker. Yeah. I don't care if you black or half black. You could be black and be racist towards your own people. We see it. Yeah. We've seen black men that get up here with their dumb ass talking about, I don't date black women. They ghetto or some dumb shit. Mm-hmm. And you're like, dude, this is self-hate, man. Just shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Right? It's the same thing for her. Mm-hmm. Just because you black don't absolve you from being fucking racist. Yeah. This shit is ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those, like you said, the Jesse Smollett situation where um, I think we got to start uh, taking our time when when uh, we come to the aid of of some of these people, because when uh, when that situation came out with the coach, like everybody kind of ran to her side, and you know they kind of talked bad about the coach, and you know all this body shaming and all these different yeah. things. Yeah. Um, and this may have happened. Did that happen before or after the Olympics? Hmm. I can't remember what the uh the body shaming shit yeah it um, might have been after right might have possibly yeah well whatever it, however it played out this same person and this i don't even know how this news came out or why why it came out but mm-hmm. you know we just start to see you can only hide your true character exactly. for so long exactly and i think that's what we're seeing with this situation like 
uh, Liz Cambridge is, you know, she's just a terrible person. And that, yeah. you know, you can, you can, you can uh, put on this front as mm-hmm. much as you want to. You can post all these pictures on Instagram. You can do all these interviews and all these different things. But, you know, your your true person is going to come out eventually. Yeah. And this is what it looks like. Yeah. you about to, She about to get canceled on so many levels. There's so many people rocking <clears> with her, you know. A whole bunch of people, you know, black mm-hmm. is beautiful. She, this girl is a queen, and you know she's six foot eight, but she's full is so, figured woman. She a full figured woman. Just everybody rocking with her. <clears throat> she getting all this support, but truth, truth be told, she was a piece of shit the whole time. Yeah, this is why. Like even like I feel like me and Keith do a great job of remaining like very objective when it comes to these things. Like even with the Jesse Smollett in the very heat of it, we was just like. We was very neutral when we talked about it. Mm-hmm. In addition to, at the very end, I was like, man, I don't know about this guy. He called himself the gay Tupac. And me and Keith started laughing like a motherfucker. Yeah. I don't know what episode that was. That was a long time ago. That was fucking mm-hmm. like three years ago. Yeah, it was a long time ago. And uh, we started laughing. And then when we came back to the story and he lied, we were really in a position where we had not, I won't say incriminated ourselves, but we didn't. We didn't attach ourselves and get emotionally attached to the story. Yeah. We weren't changing our profile pictures. And no. <laughs> no. You know, you know how people, it was, remember during like after George Floyd died, it was people putting up pictures of black screens. Mm-hmm. Like they'd put like an all black screen up. Mm-hmm. Like I never did that. Yeah, I didn't do that either. Like I didn't need, I don't need to do that. I'm a black man. I, I live, yeah. I, I'm black every day. I don't need to put a black screen on Instagram to be black. What the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, I support. Like my being is like more right. supportive than just yeah. Instagram posts. Yeah, yeah. you you know, Schoolboy Q said something that stuck out, and he said this after Nipsey died, and people were like, "Yo, what's up with Schoolboy Q? He ain't said nothing about Nipsey after he died. Like he ain't posted nothing about him." And he finally responded. He said, "Yo, I'm grieving in real life." Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I don't think people get it. Even like recently, um. On Kendrick's new album, this is what he said, uh, like, verbatim, I believe. He says, I really hope, no, he said, I hope people really pray when somebody dies. Mm -hmm. Thoughts and prayers, way better off timelines. Mm -hmm. And I texted you that after that mass shooting. Mm -hmm. And he says, I really hope people pray when somebody dies. Meaning, instead of just typing it, I think we might live in a society where people don't even really take the time to meditate and pray for the people that die. Yeah. They just type it, thoughts and prayers, and boom, back off to eating their favorite sandwich and watching Netflix again. Mm-hmm. You know? Crazy. I don't want to jump all over the place, though. But yeah, yeah. I was talking about Liz Cambridge. Yeah, yeah we still on Liz Cambridge. Yeah, she ain't shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she. Uh, I would be curious to see how this, this plays out because you got to think, it's already a struggle for uh, WNBA players as far as, like, um, they salaries and stuff like that is that you know pales in comparison to any any NBA player, um, and then a lot of times they have to play overseas. But <clears throat> I can imagine like if if this is her rap, you know, not there's going to be somebody that's going to give her a deal. Not Liz with, though. Liz got OnlyFans. She getting uh, paid. She ain't, she ain't, she, 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 she don't play go, overseas. She ain't got to go overseas no more because the OnlyFans paying her so much. Wow. Well. She gonna have to be full time OnlyFans now. Yeah, she gonna really have to be having sex on there now. Yeah, she got to be. She got to have like a, uh, like a, I guess like a genre of like porn, like racist sex. <laughs> 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 
The only way she can make this right is by getting dicked down by a Nigerian. Oh, the black dude? Yeah. He's like, you call my people names. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe you call my people names. You call me African monkey, huh? I show you this monkey dick. <laughs> Throw that tall pussy back. <laughs> <laughs> so you say you play basketball, right? I show you some balls. <laughs> oh man, that's crazy! Shout out to the Nigerians, man. <laughs> they probably—I don't I know what our Nigerian audience looks like. It's probably, yeah, we, me, I don't know. We probably got like two Nigerians somewhere in the basement somewhere chilling, listening like, I am never listening to this again. <laughs> this is the last time. I do not sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, yo, they listening like, I do not sound like this. A fly like. <laughs> <laughs> yo. Uh, that's crazy. Yo, you know what I used to think like when I was a little kid and they had those infomercials? Yeah. Back when I was a little kid, and this is not to make light of this, but back when I was a kid, they had the infomercials where they had the kids that like from like Africa somewhere, Nigeria, wherever, mm -hmm. and they were not fed very well. Mm -hmm. And they had those uh, reactions from, I guess, the water or bacteria. They had the big the stomachs. stomachs. Mm -hmm. And I would see that and it would be sad. But I would think to myself like, yo. They got mad flies over there. <laughs> like more than normal. They got more than normal, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like I feel horrible already for the kid, but now the kid got flies just in his mouth, in his eyes. Yeah. Like I'm just like, nigga, these flies don't give a fuck. I do wonder if it's uh, mine, just like a third world, whatever, wherever they were, some third world country or tribe, you wherever they were at. But um, if you've ever looked at the um, like a like an animal planet, Thing yeah. where they're doing like a documentary on lions or whatever it'd be a lot of flies that just be floating around like lions yeah but lane. the animal but the, the lions be like shooing them off sometimes sometimes they just it'd be so many that i think they just like eh, I ain't, i'm, I'm lying just be like fuck it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah flies be like it's a fly party <laughs> flies be having a west coast party <laughs> lion's head flies crip walking on these lions <laughs> <laughs> Flies like bounce, bounce, roller skating, <laughs> <laughs> dipping on a Sean Platinum Davis. Oh man, that's yeah, crazy, I, bro! I fucking hate flies with a passion. So oh, bad. bro, yeah. When I'm trying to relax at the house and the fly get it, and it'd be a big, fast fly. Yeah. Like it's big. You ever seen it fly so big in your house you could hear it hitting the wall? Mm -hmm. You be like, yeah, yeah, or hitting the window. Trying to get out. And then when you sleep, it go right by your ear. That's the worst. That'll wake me up out of my sleep. You'd be like, oh, my God. Yeah. This the worst is like the ones that just kind of land on you. Because it's different when you know it's in the house. Mm -hmm. You kind of prepare for it. Right. But the worst is when you chilling and it landing like your ear. Oh, my your God. your face or on your nose. It'd be like, oh, God. Like you just gonna you be ready to squabble. Like, nigga, like you catch this fade. Cause. You just want to disrespect me like that? Yeah. You don't pay no bills in here, cuz. <laughs> fuck. Yeah. Oh man. You know, I, I'm not even gonna lie. Like as an adult, it, it, like there's certain accomplishments that are not accomplishment accomplishments, but you feel like accomplished after you do it. Like one time, I had mad flies in my house. Like, <laughs> I had like six flies, <laughs> and I killed them. And I was like, "Yeah, bitch. Now what?" <laughs> 
<laughs> you kill six flies. Bro, I was on a rampage, man. Yeah, you, you got a fly swatter? Nah, I didn't even have I had my fucking uh my fucking flip-flops. Ooh, okay. I was down in them bitches. Yeah, I would for sure like sometimes I would be in the house. And the worst is when you got like a fly um that's like in your house late at night, right? Oh my god. And it's, you could tell like it's on the edge of his life, like it lived a little too long. Yeah. And it's kind of like slowed down a little bit and you like, "Yo, I got to kill this before I go to sleep cuz right. it's going to try to, you know, land on my lip or something like that." <laughs> Um. Yeah. So you gotta you gotta make sure you kill it. I've been fighting flies. Yeah. Like and, twelve and twelve a.m. And we black, so we got big lips. They got a lot of food to eat. Yeah. <laughs> and you also don't know where them flies flies be on any and every. They be right. in trash cans. Yeah. Dog doo doo yep. everywhere, and then they just land on you like nigga. Yeah, flies doing it all, man. The only thing they don't do is eat ass. I mean, they Who eat doo doo. So yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. Yeah, I, man. I think the worst, the worst shit I ever seen with flies, probably ever in my life, bro. And I was like, I couldn't believe what I seen. I t- I put it on my Snapchat like over three years ago. No, I was like over four years ago. But it was when I was hauling milk, mm-hmm. and it's a serious fly, pro- like a serious fly problem during the ser- during the summertime at these uh, fucking dairies mm-hmm. at the farm. So I used to go to the farm to pick up the whole milk. And I guess it'd be some like old dry milk on the side of the tank, and the flies would like jump on it, and they mm. would get like they would. I guess they would get food. Just grubbing, huh? And I'm talking about no bullshit. The left side of my tank would be black with flies. Ooh, we talking about we talking about a um like a silver colored tanker, but it's just black. The whole side, fl- bro. <clears throat> I, I say the the side of my trailer was like forty eight percent covered. God flies. You probably could have just swatted it and just killed thousands of them. No, no, you ain't killing thousands, bro. No, you're not. You just leave them alone, let them do their thing. Not that you would want to. I'm just saying, like, they were so invested in that food. Like, if you just swatted it, they just all just splattered. They probably would have splattered. But see, what I used to do is this. I used to be very careful because once after I loaded up the truck with the milk, what I would do is I'd leave the flies alone. I wouldn't even walk on that side because it would be on the driver's side always. So I wouldn't walk on the side of the trailer. What I do is I walk on the opposite side and then go to the front of the truck or even get in on the passenger side of the truck. This is how bad the fly problem was, Keith, I swear. Get in the truck and close the door quick because you don't want them flies getting in the mm. truck. They get in the truck, they ain't coming out. These ain't no regular flies. They love this that some, cool air, too. This huh? is some National Geographic type flies. Yeah, yeah. So what I do is, is when I, once I drive off, once you're driving through the property, the flies would still be on the trailer. God dang. They would not come off. Until you hit the freeway, huh? Not until you get on the freeway. Not not even, uh, no, yeah, not even the freeway. Mm-hmm. Once you get on the highway to go there, it's like a road that'll take you to I-5. Mm-hmm. Until you start moving, moving, them flies is still on there. I'm just like, yo, this is the most wild shit. The crazy part is, like, they already there. They know you pulling up, so they just waiting to the next truck pull up. Bro, maybe I'm wrong, but like there was a dog that was on the property, right? Mm-hmm. It was a dog that was on the property, and every time I would drive by this dog, he always chased the fucking truck for some reason. Mm-hmm. Always. He's just a stupid fucking dog. He's a cool dog, but he's, mm-hmm. I guess he was bored. 
Mm-hmm. So he would chase my truck once I got to the end of the property. Yeah, he's just excited, man. Yeah, but one day, like, I don't know if it was the flies or something. It was so many flies. That nigga just stared at the truck and just let the <laughs> 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 yeah, just The dog just watched me. I'm like, did, did all of a sudden he just get some discipline or something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. Yeah, dogs hate flies, dog. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and fly swatters. You bring a fly swatter around certain dogs, that'd be... Tuck, no, the tail tucked. The, the worst one is the spray bottles. They get fucking frightened. Mm-hmm. Spray bottles. They be like, oh, any oh. like foreign objects. Dogs be weird. Like vacuums, fly swatters, um, anything that make real loud noise. Yeah, like we had the uh, the little uh, what you call it? like the little. Uh, mobile vacuum, you know, the little Roomba thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah dogs yeah. be scared of those. Yeah, dogs be wildin', bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shout out to the <clears> dogs <throat> out here. We got any dog listeners out here? Dog parents. Got some dog moms and dog dads out here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I love dogs. I just don't have no time, man. Yeah, you gotta, um, when you get in a relationship, that's the first thing you gotta do. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. I'm not even gonna tell, like, my thing is, I get in a serious relationship, I'm not even gonna tell her. You gonna bring I'm, it home? No, I'm not even going. I'm just gonna bring the dog home. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna say shit. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm just gonna be like, we just gonna have a conversation. Like, oh, that's a cool dog. Like, like I'll say what my favorite dog is, and then she'll say what her favorite dog is. I'm just gonna get my favorite dog. Yeah, <laughs> I was get a mix, like a little mutt, a mixture of both of your no, favorite dogs. I, I say my favorite dogs. Um, one one is a pit, but I really like chocolate or brown labs. They're really smart dogs. Yeah. Um and uh. Yeah, that's pretty much it. It's a chocolate brown or brown lab, and I like hus I like huskies the way they look. Um, it's too much hair. They man. they have uh, the hair, but they also a lot of them. I don't know, and I I think there's like stereotypes that go around about dogs that don't really be like really true. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like just the the dog that you come across. But a lot of people say they have like a lot a lot of energy you and should. stuff like that. Oh yeah. They, yeah, they need to be somewhere doing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got those like shepherd, those those shepherd dogs. They have high energy. That they they're worker dogs. They need to work. Mm-hmm. Like they really. Well, I, th- I think they're called shepherds, or uh, it's not a German shepherd, is it? No, it's it's, it's like a shepherd dog. I can't remember what it's called. Oh, I'm, I'm not sure. But those dogs like literally are like. They just need like the the activity, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. But even with that, every every dog is like still different, right? Yeah. Like you go, you could get one dog just like a husky that's low energy and just be chilling. Yeah. Or you could get one that got a lot of energy. Like one of my, one of my boys had one, and it was just always breaking out and and stuff like that. Yeah. Sometimes it's the training too. I think a lot of people don't take the time to really train they they dog. They just kind of let their dog run the run the house a little bit, and you know that's why it'd be like. Yeah, this yeah. dude had to leave his dog home alone, and he like showed videos of what the dog was doing. The dog was on his shit, like the dog was super disciplined. Mm-hmm. But he had like the dog could get his own food and shit, and mm-hmm. all kinds of shit. I was mm-hmm. like, wow, that's wild. Yeah, yeah, a lot of dogs don't like they have like separation anxiety. So Hell yeah. some of them don't eat when the, the owner is not at home and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, <sighs> switching gears. Uh, practicing divorce. Um, this is an interesting concept that I seen on uh, TikTok. The guy talked about it, so I'm not gonna take credit for it. But I forgot the guy's fucking name. But he basically said, um, we're practicing divorce and we don't realize it. For example, when we're teenagers or when we get in a you know 
to college or whatever, we'll be dating someone for X amount of time and we start feeling a certain type of way and then we just separate. We just get we just get we just we just run from these people. Dude, it's a fly in here right now. Fuck. Really? Yeah, how the fuck did that get in here? That's what I be want it maybe through the vents or something like that. Damn. But I mean, like, there's we're on a sick the fifth floor. Yeah, how the, the fuck building. Did you like, get how do you get in here? Man, he must have heard us talking shit and was like, I'm on your head. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, basically, you could be in multiple relationships over a span of 15 to 20 something years. And like when something you really don't like happens, you just basically say, look, I'm done. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And you do that enough that when you finally meet that one person and you marry them and you get that same feeling again. You have been practicing for divorce for the past 23 years. You don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the main reasons why a lot of people can't stay together. Yeah. Another reason, too, is, is for some people, they love new. Like, the idea of new is what they love. When they first meet somebody, they're trying to figure them out. They have these curiosities of the person. They're very intrigued and very interested because they don't know about the person. And, you know, and it's like a dopamine rush. Mm-hmm. And then after they start to learn these things, they lose interest. Mm-hmm. So that kind of also <clears throat> affects how they view that relationship. And then once they break up, they go right back out and look for that same feeling again. But basically the point I'm trying to make is you develop bad habits and you carry those habits. They become a part of your actual personality. And you and like these characteristics start to play themselves out. And you have been practicing divorce for over 20 years. Yeah. So divorce is something that you're very used to. Yeah. Um, and <clears throat> this, was a, this is a little bit flawed, but it's really not. Mm-hmm. Because you look at how we deal with people, man. We don't even, some people don't even fight for their relationships anymore. They just, you know what, I've had it up to here. But you, you had it up to here, but you can still go up more until you figure out why you're having these problems. And try to actually salvage the relationship. Motherfuckers don't even want to fight for the relationship no more. They just want to be single or get a divorce. Yeah. If the person you with is not worth fighting for, why are you with them? Yeah, that's facts. Yeah. I think, you know, just on a personal level, that's like um, you, you, uh, you learn a lot about yourself, like, you know, just throughout life. But the only way you learn about yourself is if you're really doing the work. Like you got to put yourself in positions, whether that's whether that's reading, reading, whether that's like some sort of meditation, whether that's religious um, practices, whatever the case may be. Like you learn, you learn a lot about yourself, yes. and I think that um, oftentimes we uh, we we create these habits, um, and then along with these habits, if you don't have a certain level of self awareness. You can always blame the result of your relationship on somebody else. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And so what happens is like you, you know, if you don't realize that that you did anything wrong in terms of a a relationship, um, what's going to happen is you're going to keep getting into relationships and whatever it is that caused you to break up with that last person Mm -hmm. is going to be the same thing that causes you to break up with with the next person you get with. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's the danger. Right. That's the danger in like. Um, and it, and it gets faster and faster, right? So 
for one, you, you might be dating this person for like four years, right? And at the end of the relationship, you could say like, dang, this person did this to me, right? And then you'd be like, oh, I'm going to break up with them just because they, they, can't, they, can't they can't seem to figure life out, right? So you get into another relationship, and then after like two years, you, you recognize that same pattern that you had in a previous relationship, and you just cut it off. And then the next time you get in a relationship, it may be a year and a half. And then the next time, it's like that red flag pops up to where you don't even try to date this person because, you know, that's the, the res- that, that whatever they're doing reminds you of your previous partner. But oftentimes, like I said, if you're not putting the work in on yourself and, you know, really doing your due diligence or whether that's like some sort of counseling or relationship therapy, whatever the case may be, um, you, we don't we don't inherently have self-awareness exactly um you have to learn about yourself through experiences um so those are very dangerous situations where like i know people that may have been through eight nine different relationships and they still have terrible habits and Mm -hmm. they're still blaming their partner for the result of you know their relationships not working so it's it's a it's a it's a very dangerous game but I, i would also say like anything um worth having is worth fighting for. 100%. And I think that, you know, we we live in a a day and age where I feel like if I feel like for the most part if two people um got married, then if they went through all that, the dating phase, the proposal, the putting the the wedding together, there's a version of that relationship that could work. Mm-hmm. Um but it's just up to the two individuals to, you know, to equally be putting the same amount of effort in to to try to make the relationship work. And I think that's kind of that's generally where it falls off. Where one person yep. may get a little exhausted and that it may be one person fighting and then the other person is exhausted or or vice versa. And, you know, that's when it usually doesn't work out. But I, I think that um we live in this 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 day and age, like, because I used to think about it, um, like, uh, we think about like our grandparents and stuff like that, or you know, relationships that lasted sixty, seventy years, and you'd be like, dang, like they probably should have got divorced, you know, years ago, and they was just, you know, they just stuck out a terrible relationship. But in reality, they if they had ample opportunity to get divorced and somehow mm-hmm. they made it work. You know yep. what I mean? So that, that should for sure be applauded. Like whatever, yes. whatever type of dynamics they created or whatever they created to make themselves um, comfortable in that, in that relationship that did it. There was a, um, another TikTok I seen of a woman that was going through the paperwork with her husband to finalize a divorce. And they was just, you know, they was about to do it. And then she said, her dad just stepped in and said, just looked at both of them. He says, are you guys fucking sure you want to do this? Like he just stepped in and was like, you really need to look and make sure you want to do this. And like after that, they looked within and they did not get divorced. And she said it was the best thing that she ever did. Yeah. That's crazy. It's, you got to think too, like divorces are so <coughs> messy. Yeah. You know, there's legal issues and all these other stuff. And sometimes like, you know, it's a... Uh, it could be like the smallest issue in your relationship that goes right. that that causes like the biggest issue. It could it could literally be like something to where um you you may have a communication issue, right? Like say a husband is like he he instead of saying like it's instead of letting his wife know beforehand that he's going to hang out with his friends, right. it's always like, "Hey, I'm over here with such and such." And, you know, and that little thing can cause, like, yeah. so much turmoil in a relationship. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, you know, he's fighting it because he's like, I'm a man. I should be able to do it. I pay the bills yeah, around here. You, and she's just like, I feel, yo, I just want you to communicate. Right. I, I feel like you, I feel like your wife, girlfriend, whomever, deserves the right to know where you are. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that she needs to be keeping tabs on you every five minutes. But I feel like as a man, I feel like it's a healthy thing where if your girl hits you up like, hey, I'm about to go out with the girls right now, but I'll catch up with you later. You know, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm out with so-and-so or or not even that giving you like. Like, I guess giving you notice in yeah. a way. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm going to be heading out at 6 o'clock with the girls, um, you know, whatever. And I'll be like, all right, cool. I'll see it's, you when you get home. Yeah, I'll see you when you get back. It's just a general It's a general respect. Mm-hmm. I feel like you should respect. Because think about this. If you plan on being somebody with somebody, you need to trust them with your life. You need to trust them with your finances. You need to trust them with information. If you're a motherfucker that's like, hey, I'm over here. And you ain't telling her nothing. You're not really. You're not creating a environment where that type of relationship can bloom. You more or less like I'm doing what I'm doing. I'm you doing can, me. You. What also happens too is like you're triggering uh, a traumatic. You could be triggering a traumatic experience for them. That's right? a fact because they probably had it before, but he was fucking. Yeah, you could be completely innocent, because, but because you have so much pride, you're just like, oh man, I'm not. I ain't got to tell her where I'm at. Yeah. I'm doing my thing. I'm a grown man out here. But it's like it's it's actually a simple task. It's like, a simple task. Yeah. It's not. It's not. It's a respect thing. Mm-hmm. Not to mention leadership, and I don't want to go all over the place, but leadership, is, especially from a man, is important because you cannot complain about what your wife or girlfriend is not doing if you do not display those leadership qualities in yourself. Yeah. If you're displaying great leadership, in most cases, women will have no choice but to do those things because you are a decent man with great leadership skills. Mm-hmm. And they will think twice about just like, I'm going to do me. I do whatever I want. If they're doing that, but you're displaying good leadership, then you're going to end up leaving her and not feeling. You probably still feel bad because you're breaking up with them. Yeah, you but love them, but it's just you, like You love them, but it's out. like I can't I can't be with somebody who continues to go against the grain when it's not even necessary. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not willing to sacrifice my mental health behind this. I got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. But if you are a decent man and you display good leadership qualities, then – I would say if you have a decent woman, she will replicate that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of, you kind of build like a uh, like a rhythm for your relationship, right? Yeah. So you know, in terms of like if that's the issue that people are dealing with, like just the communication about where you're going, what you're doing, um, stuff like that, and you very transparent, like, hey, I'm uh, just getting off of work. I'm gonna head to the grocery store real quick, pick up a few things, and then I'll be home, or you know, whatever, whatever, whatever that looks like for you. And then, like you said, if they're not doing it on, on their end, and they just getting off of work and going to hang out with their friends or stopping by their friend's house, and there's no communication and until they on their way home, um, then that then that's an issue. But mm-hmm. like what happens a lot of times, like you said, like you know, a, a man can set can set a tone a woman can too but a man can set a tone in a, in a relationship to where you know they they're doing things like um proactively and it kind of breeds for the same type like uh the same thing to be reciprocated mm-hmm. so like communication and um <clears throat> just just little things like just you know uh it could be it could be things like um just certain like little surprises or something right so like let's say you know, um, 
let's say it's like national, like your girl's a teacher or something. It's National Teachers Day, and you know you you uh, send your your wife or whatever your husband, what uh, yeah, your wife um, a gift at school, whether it's like new pencils for the kid, whatever the case may be, just something that just kind of surprise them in that way. I think a lot of times a woman would see that and be like, oh, okay, my husband, let's say he works on cars or he works at an auto shop or something like that. They might find something, you know, um, similar in, in that same field to kind of surprise you. Yeah. Um, you know, or get maybe buy you lunch or send you, you know, get you a DoorDash or some, whatever the case may be. Like, but you just create this rhythm in your relationship. Mm-hmm. And it just, that like, just the small, the small, like the big things are always going to be there, right? Because you love each other. Like y'all always gonna be able to go on vacation. Y'all always gonna be able to, mm-hmm. you know, hang out and watch your favorite uh, Netflix movie or show together. But it's like the little stuff is what really kind of you know maintains those relationships. Hundred <clears throat> percent, man. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I don't got much else to offer to this conversation, mm-hmm. but um, just be careful. Make sure you're not practicing divorce because. Most of society is, and that's something that's also contributing to the over 50% divorce rate out in the world. You've built these habits up over the course of over 20 years, and you get in a marriage with somebody, and you want to quit on them because that's what you know best. I will say, too, like an analogy, um, if you are obese... um, not that it's too late, but you're in the later stages of where you should have started to hit the gym or where you should have started to work out. Mm-hmm. So in terms of a relationship, like you can't it's it's much harder to salvage mm. your relationship when you got divorce papers in your hand. You know mm. what I mean? Like you should be doing these like habitual things, whether that's mm. reading books or seeking therapy or counsel or something like that. You've entered that relationship with divorce papers in your hand, unsigned divorce papers. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's fucking deep. Mm-hmm. That, that was a good analogy. The obese one. I know mm-hmm. some people are going to say you're fat shaming, but well, Get your fat ass in the gym. <laughs> they got this Gatorade commercial, uh, and I don't. I have. I feel kind of ways about it because it's like it got um, the McLaughlin girl. She's the hurdle Olympic hurdle champion. You know the light skin girl that won the hurdle. I think so. The yeah. four hundred hurdles. Yeah, yeah. And then it might be another athlete on there, but these are like physical specimens, right? Right, right. right. And then they got the kind of uh, thicker woman that is doing yoga and stuff, and it's just, it's just so like I understand the diversity of the different body shapes and stuff like that. You said she was doing yogurt. <laughs> she definitely ain't no yogurt unless it's fried. Oh, that's stupid. But it's just so, like, it's kind of shocking in a sense, right? Because mm-hmm. you go from an Olympic athlete to a woman that's kind of on a bigger side, yeah. and they're trying to, like, advertise them side by I side. Think, I see what you're getting at. I don't, mm-hmm. think you're, I don't think you're shaming or anything. It's basically, it's these polar opposites. But what it is, it's, first of all, I think it's an awesome thing where bigger people, whether in the gym or they're doing physical activity, I think that that side, it does need to be shown. Mm-hmm. But I think that Gatorade pulled a great value Juneteenth in that moment. <laughs> That's what they did. They literally are, they're capitalizing on 
this very progressive woke idea. Yeah. And when you have physical specimens that are specimens in their sport, right? But I think that it's also true. It's also true that they could be saying we this drink is geared toward these athletic specimens and people who are just trying yeah. to get their health together. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 that's kind of, that's why I feel ways about it, right? So right. one way is like I can I can understand it because like that's some people are going to look like that when they're when they're working out. So not everybody is going to have a six pack and the pecs and all these different things. Hundred um, percent. But at the same time, when I see it, um, when I when I look for when I look for like uh, commercials, right? I think they're trying to sell you something um, that looks good or something that you like. For example, if you're if you're looking at like a Ford F one fifty or or a Mustang or something like that. They're not gonna sell you like the Mustang with the with the uh, spare tire on there, the little donut, or like the chip paint. Like it's gonna be the clean, swooped up. Make sure the paint is all nice. Um, so not in term. I'm not talking about this woman in the Gatorade commercial, but I'm just talking about in general when we see like um, these uh, commercials where they're advertising different workout things and stuff like that. Right. I feel like for me, I. Um, I like to look at something that I would like aspire to look like. Mm. You know what I mean? So when you see LeBron James on the little uh commercial with the yeah. you know, whatever the case but, may be, I'm like LeBron is ripped up, like, yo, I gotta get I gotta yeah, that's what but, I wanna look like, so I gotta but, get in there. But I think that I think that people could very easily push back on that idea because they'll see a person that is big and active who has an issue going to the gym, but when they see a bigger person who is active you know, they feel like they're being represented. So exactly. That, so that's the that's, that's kind the, of a double. Yeah, but yeah. see, th- th- this is what this is what I think people probably like about this podcast is the fact that we will push back on things that we say ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We don't mm-hmm. just think that what we say is the final fucking yeah. say. But but even with that, it's also just like my perspective, right? I'm not right. even saying that you shouldn't have a bigger person in any sort of like athletic co- commercial, right? Um, I guess I'm just saying for me, like, I'm a person that gets inspired when I see somebody else in shape, right? Right. So when I see the Rocky movie and he doing the the crazy ab workouts and he ripped up, I'm like, yo, I got to get in the gym. Um, but that's just for me. I'm only like a fraction of the people that they're trying to advertise to yeah. or the demographic. But there is also another another person that's like, yo, I haven't really worked out. I'm gaining a little bit of weight. I just had a baby, whatever the case may be. She looks a little bit more like myself. If she doing it, then I can get up and do it too. So, yeah. yeah. So I God get it. Darn, you got darn right. Yeah. And we got, you know, different body styles listening to our podcast mm-hmm. as well. So. Yeah, I like them all too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Except for really obese. I can't do that. <laughs> no disrespect. It's, it's a lot of obese love out there. <laughs> obese love. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, it's some like I think a lot of times like um really to be real, bro, I, I think that the whole self-esteem, whatever issues that's like I don't think I think society is pretty inviting to bigger women mm-hmm. because they still be fire. They just they just be bigger. Yeah, I done I done mess with some pretty pretty hefty women before. You said hefty? Yeah. It was only like one. It was one time. I would say one time she was she was a little bit on the bigger side. Mm. But yeah, it was like a, and, and on a scale from like the words that describe big people. What are some words that would be best describing? Um, 
I don't I don't even know. I can't put no adjectives did together. Say, did you say she was very portly? Portly? She was she might have been portly. Okay, because it's portly, hefty. Um um obtuse. Obtuse. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if she was obtuse. Um <laughs> Yeah, uh, that, I don't that know. Was, uh, yeah, I might be sharing too much information, so we got to skirt out of there. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, everyone's represented, man. We, <laughs> we appreciate you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's it. You got anything else, Keith? Uh, make sure you hit that subscribe. You know what I'm saying? Go to the mm-hmm. YouTube channel. Check us out. Hit the subscribe and notification bell. Um, that's pretty much it. All right. Check so, us out on the gram for yeah, sure. Shout, shout out to Big Keisha. <laughs> Big Keisha. <laughs> we had this uh this is like some inside information that's not that important. But there was this girl named Keisha that we knew um back in the day. And uh <laughs> it was uh it was like my brother's uh girlfriend's friend. Um she was like she was like this kind of like she was a, a white girl, but she just had like big old titties. Wow. And um we essentially named like her name to we used her name to describe like any girl with big titties. <laughs> so we'd be like, yo, she got them quiches. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, oh man. Who Lord. All right. Don't forget to head on down to YouTube, subscribe to a Trucker's Mind podcast, head on over to my Instagram or to the the podcast Instagram at underscore uh, Trucker's Mind underscore podcast. Mm -hmm. And uh, thank you for listening. If you made it to the end of this podcast, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening to a Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K-Fings. We're out of here. Peace.